Hello and welcome to another episode of the Niche Podcast, a music podcast made by a band attempting to define the music industry in the 21st century. And I am your host, Liam David. I am the singer and the frontman of the Niche, and we're deep in the belly of the beast at the moment, promoting our single Fake Friends, which should be available to stream everywhere on July 10th. And it's been an interesting week for us. Uh, talking to these bands with the podcast, something that's come to light is how, and something we're struggling with ourselves at the moment, is juggling so many balls at once. I know in the music industry, it's all about who you know. And when you finally get to have a conversation with a record label or um, a publicist or owner of a podcast, whatever it is, you really want the band to seem like there's a party. There's a party going. But that means that it adds yet another ball to your juggling. You got to do rehearsal, make sure you got your live stuff sorted. You got to think about the launch. You got to think about social media. You got to think about every single platform of social media as well. What photos we're putting up for Instagram, what ads we're running on Facebook. It's really like an own little business. And um, something that I've realized is that it does never end. Like obviously July 10th is our um, it's our goal at the moment, but I don't think even when we reach that, I'll feel relaxed. I know some of the bands want to go out and, you know, clink some beers together and celebrate on July 10th. But for me, that is when it, the work all starts. Now we're at an actual band with an actual release. You know, we've got to, that's, that's the time where we all get it sorted. And speaking to bands, I think that's something that is the difference between what succeeds and what doesn't. That's something that I've really learned um, talking to these bands is when I've had discussions with these bands who are facing some success, they're actually, you know, making some milestones. It's always been very evident that they've got that strong DIY style, that they're the ones that get up early and comment on other people's Instagram posts, or they're the ones who schedule 20, 30, 40 emails a day. And it is, it can be a little bit toxic. You know, sometimes you got to remind yourself that you do have a life outside of the band. You've got a job that you have to go to. You've got loved ones. Uh, so it can be difficult. But I think that we're learning a lot as we go. And we're really excited for this upcoming release. And what has been fantastic is actually getting to shake hands and get to have these talks with these bands through the podcast. So if there's any young bands listening, start a podcast or start a party which people want to get involved with. I think that's always going to be so much more productive than, you know, just cold calling someone or stalking them and trying to shake their hand. I think coming up with something that can bring value back to the industry, you'll get your rewards back, hopefully. But without further ado, let's talk about the special guests for this episode's podcast. Uh, I had a fantastic conversation with Brisbane-based alternative indie punk trio Monsters Up North, and they're our special guest for this episode's pod. Monsters Up North are a Brisbane-based alternative indie punk trio created in April 2020 by original founding member Lockie Kerr on vocals and guitar, Corey Neal on drums, and Max Lyle on bass creating an entertaining blend between a danceable sunny soundscapes paired with crestfallen and haunting lyrics. They are known for their energetic, heartfelt life performances and passionate DIY ethic. These charismatic newcomers are guaranteed to win your hearts. 
honest and thought-provoking lyrics about life, love, growing old, and learning to accept yourself that are delivered in a style reminiscent of the early 2000s emo post-hardcore era. Strengthened by rhythmic drumming, melodic bass riffs, and heavy fuzzed out guitars, reimagining the 90s wall of sound, uh, you'll fall in love with Monsters of North, Monsters Up North. Monsters Up North were reimagined amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. The trio kept busy writing material and defining their craft, as well as releasing a DIY eight-track lo-fi mini album called Monsters Under the Bed on cassette. Man, remember cassettes? That's, that's really cool that they did that. I remember. Uh, I hope the, the lads have figured out how to. I remember when I always used to eject cassettes, the tape would be stuck in the machine. You'd pull it out and have this big, long thing. You have to get the pencil and rewind it back. So hopefully, cassettes have improved a little bit since then. Each track explores different genres and experimenting with new structures and instruments such as trumpets, synthesizers, and even spoons. The Monsters returned to the stage on August 1st with a sold-out headline show at the Flame and Gala and have since played headline and support slots all over Brisbane, Fortitude Valley, and even venturing down to the Gold Coast barely stopping to catch their breath between gigs. In September, the trio released Family Reunion, a lament to growing old in a modern world. Clocking in in under two minutes, this pop-punk anthem has quickly become a fan favourite. Monsters Up North have no intention of slowing down anytime soon, with many exciting things up on the horizons, which we had a chat about in this week's podcast. So without further ado, I bring to you our conversation with Monsters Up North. What's up? What's uh, the plan for you guys at the moment? What have you been up to in this year in 2021? It's It's been a bit of a, you don't really know what to do with COVID, but what's uh, Monsters Up North? What's the plan? We're recording an album mostly. Oh, like, nice. Like gigs and stuff. Yeah, we've been, been playing a lot of gigs and been yeah. working in the studio a lot. Yeah. So what's that whole experience been like? When did you decide to head off into the studio um originally we were just going to do like our next single but we had so many songs we decided to just record them all and then just slowly release them really yeah i noticed that like last year last year you did quick break at the beach and you did the yeah. album as well i always find that process a little bit interesting i think in today's atmosphere it's probably common to do singles but you guys have kind of bucked that trend you're releasing eps and albums and i think it's fantastic to see what made you want to be a proper band all the bands that we like do that i suppose like we're yeah. we're pretty old and <laughs> <laughs> you know all, souls. yeah all, all our favorite bands like we just missed the whole album thing really like when albums were the big thing yeah plus it's always just sort of like a someone that plays music's like dream to release an album yeah exactly yeah. what's uh what albums would be your guys in your top three those albums that, you know they've always been around they've influenced you what disintegration would... by the cure <laughs> <laughs> <Of course. laughs> um the bands by Radiohead. Hey, yes, good choice, good choice. I really like The Wall by Pink Floyd. You're not going to say Arctic Monkeys? <laughs> Whatever they say I am, that's what I'm not. That is also a very good album. <laughs> yeah, spot on. There's 
you know, there's always those albums where they've just always been around. You never really remember buying them that is kind of has always have always been there. Like whether it's from your mum or your dad, like I remember you guys are a bit into the pop punk cat. Yeah. So when I was younger, uh, my dad went in this would have been about 2001, 2002, I would have been like five or six. So I remember my dad went to America for some school excursion or whatever. And I remember my brother said, bring me back like the most American, American band, <laughs> like the most like underground band that encapsulates California and that hasn't broken yet. And so my dad went over to America and he was asking the locals like, I don't know, what's the up and coming band? Cause like in any country, the top 10 was pretty much bands from international you know there was no local band but there was this one american who's like oh there's this one band you probably never heard of them but uh get that one so he brought it back and it was enema of the state by blink (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah so we could say oh we were popular we liked them before they were popular So um, your music, let's talk a little bit about this, this music and these, these EPs and the albums. Um, I think they, the content of them interests me a lot because I think <laughs> they deal a lot with the struggles of life. Uh, even your band name is kind of like a metaphor for mental health. Does, yeah. What does being in the band kind of do for you personally? Is it a release? Is it like... Yeah, totally. 100%. It's the only good thing in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a big thing I look forward to, just hanging out with these idiots and <laughs> having a jam. And being on stage is when I feel like I can, like, yeah, really release and be myself. And Yeah. It's kind of like when you're on stage, you feel like you're really, like, yourself. Like, people say, oh, you're always so different when you're on stage. But, like, I don't know, when I'm on stage, I feel like I'm actually who I really am. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like you feel that. Yeah, no, I feel that. Yeah, yeah, it's good to get on stage after like being beaten at work for like the yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I once moved house and I was up for 36 hours and I played a show at Boots on Sunday <laughs> afternoon afterwards. And before the show, I was just not in a mood. But then during the show, I was just like, yeah, fuck life. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you got to be pretty broken down not to get up for the band night, you know. Yeah. There's been some nights you rock up and you're like, oh, Jesus. I always can tell when I'm not in the mood, when I'm not even in the mood for band. If that's my mood, I'm like, oh, shit, something's got to be going down. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so how did it all start? How did, what, whose brainchild is it? Who's um, responsible? Well, I started, <laughs> I, I tried to start the band like ages ago when I was, just coming out of high school and it just took a while to get it off the ground when he says a um, while he means about eight years yeah <laughs> like a while <laughs> um my dad met Corey at or one of Corey's mates at like the local pub and he said yeah my son's got a band <laughs> and then one he drummer. doesn't have a band at the moment though <laughs> and Corey just came to one of my acoustic shows and then wanted to join the band and then max answered a post i put up on facebook's brisbane music scene and yeah i was an og fan i was a fan before i was in the band yeah <laughs> that we, says something my <laughs> old band well it's the same band with the old members we nearly played a show with max's old band a story of paranoia but it fell through name drop yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's it very similar for me like i've been dabbling with music all the time and um 
just for a year or two, my band was just a revolving door of people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my kind of makes you sound like a complete asshole, but <laughs> yeah, lucky gets that. <laughs> but you know, it, it's hard. I think the hardest thing about being in a band is finding like-minded people who are as equally as passionate as you are. Like a lot yeah. of those guys left just because it didn't work out, you know? Yeah, totally. And people, people's priorities change and they want to, different things and it definitely gets harder like as you get a bit older yeah yeah, yeah. people start having kids and like working real jobs and stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you ever had a, a bandmate ghost you like a girlfriend they've just oh, <laughs> like I'm, yeah my base is like oh i've got a promotion and then just <laughs> never messaged any of us ever again yeah lucky's had that yeah it's <laughs> happened once before <laughs> it hurts bro people, people don't get it it's like a, it's like a proper breakup <laughs> I know oh, it hits you where it hurts. So with, um, with your music, do you purposefully explore these deep themes or do you ever, ever have like a mission to go out and I'm going to go write about this or is it just something that comes out of you naturally? Um, sometimes it goes both ways. Like um, me and Lucky have competitions to see who can write the saddest song. Yeah, <laughs> it's all, it always goes to Max. Yeah, it's always Max. It's always the release. I worry about this guy. Um, but I, sometimes I think oh, I have an idea and I'll just explore that and see how it makes me feel. You now, like yeah, I feel towards it. Or sometimes we'll just be jamming, and one of us will play something and we'll be like, oh, that's it. Keep doing that, and then. I'll just start singing over the top of it and I'll be like, I'll stop. I have to write that down. So yeah, it's, it's like a mixed bag, but it's really fun. It keeps things interesting. Yeah. I really like what, like what we've done with like this album now is like pretty much all the songs we've written together, like in the practice room. Yeah. Which has been really good. I think it's, it's, it shows a lot through the music. It's a lot more mature instead of just the old stuff where I felt like it was a bit just you, just me. And then I was like, all right, now you play this and you play that. Yeah. <laughs> This yeah. album feels a lot more um, put together and well thought out. Yeah, I think it comes across in the music as well. Like your recent stuff is fantastic. And then I went to yeah. the very first you release it. That you guys did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can see the growth massively. Like the first, oh, the first few releases you guys did probably would be at home at like a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater kind yeah. of soundtrack. Totally. <laughs> yeah, but the recent ones are really interesting to see. It mimics my band as well. Like, I'm probably the main writer, perhaps, at least at the beginning I was. But then my lead guitarist, Elliot, kind of brought in, he's probably from a more pop punky background than I am. And he nice. made my like song it. so much more accessible sounding, like pop sounding. So I think that we all have our little ingredient from all the different musical backgrounds that we come from. It all comes out in the songs yeah. that we create. So I looked at uh, one of your covers and I never knew you guys were massive diehard Coldplay fans. <laughs> Absolutely, man. No, I, I actually Coldplay. really like Coldplay. <laughs> yeah, I think they get it. They're underrated, even though they're one of the biggest bands in the world. But, um, <laughs> my question isn't about that cover in particular, but uh, I wanted to ask you about what influences your music because obviously Coldplay you know you get the shit taken out of you if you like Coldplay <laughs> but um sometimes like when I think about what influences my music it might be a bass line from a poppy crappy song I hear on Nova or it could be something really deep and um or whatever I 
I try not to limit what influences me. Do you ever think about, like, if you hear Ariana Grande's song, you think, man, that's a banger. (laughs) I'm going to write a song like that. Totally, man. Like, the other day I was at work and Justin Timberlake came on and I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. (laughs) I feel like what inspires us is more just, like, everyday life and, like, what we go through. Like, I don't want to give too much away, but, like, our new single is kind of just, like, kind of very working class, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's very much about, like, just working a nine-to-five every day that's a bit mundane yeah and the ins- inspiration for like the music for it goes from like folk to like pop punk yeah like halfway through the song like it changes up drastically <laughs> yeah. it works like we swear yeah it's good it's good <laughs> do you guys know a band called the front bottoms yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I-, I definitely get some of those vibes in yeah some totally of those songs yeah definitely through. i get that yeah especially from um, monsters under the bed oh uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, their lyrics are very everyday. I know some of their fans take the piss on how everyday their lyrics are, but yeah. I love that type of stuff. Like talking yeah, it's about it's always good. Some crappy 444 bus you gotta take on Translink, whatever in the morning to get to yeah. literally just like, describe the next thing. That's like the first verse <laughs> for the next thing. <laughs> there was a someone said um crap lyrics on Reddit, and uh, one of them was like uh, I'm the shampoo and you're the conditioner. And someone replied, <laughs> man, I love that front bottom song. <laughs> Where are you getting all that stuff from? <laughs> We're just going to take a short break from this week's interview to talk about the band who's bringing you this podcast. Hey there, everyone. It's Liam David here, the frontman of the niche, the Brisbane Indie Rockers. We are absolutely thrilled to announce the release of our debut single, Fake Friends, which is available everywhere on July 10th. True to the niche's mission to respark audiences' love of rock music, Fake Friends embodies the supersonic sound of an indie anthem from its very first jangly guitar riff played by yours truly. Fake Friends will hopefully ensure a bold debut for us with blur-like bounce strokes-esque guitar licks and Oasis-style irreverence. My main man, Elliot Warden, on lead guitar, said that Fake Friends is a love letter to the music we grew up with. I believe listeners will be hooked and come along with us once they hear our unique spin on things. And this infectious positivity is emblematic of all of us. It's our can-do attitude and hustle. At a young age, in his native South Africa, our drummer Sheldon actually put his very first drum kit together using pots and pans, and for sticks, He used a novelty pencil and a stick that he found in a bush. Found in a bush, I'm not even joking. So this is going to be the first of three singles for The Niche with another one coming out in November and another one coming out in February 2022 to go along with our debut EP uh, towards maybe this time next year, July next year in 2022. So keep in track with us. I'm going to play a little snippet of Fake Friends now just to give you a taste, whet the appetite of what's in store for you on July 10th. The word niche is actually British slang for nothing, nothing at all. 
And I know sometimes when life gets you down, all of us can feel like nothing at all. But if you want to feel like something with us, come along on our journey. Join the niche by streaming fake friends and following us on social media. Our handle is the same everywhere. It's the niche music at the niche music, N-I-S-H. Chuck us a like, chuck us a follow, and it would mean the world to us if you could join the party. All right, let's go back to the podcast. So when you go and write your songs, do you have a clear sound in your head or do you kind of just let it happen? I feel like we just let it happen. Yeah, we don't We don't really like to cap our creativity with like a specific genre. Like I feel like if we have something, we'll try and bend it and make it work and feel a bit more like a Monsters song than like a metalcore song or whatever it was written as originally. Yeah, yeah. when I play along to like the riffs Lockie makes and stuff, I always like play like one verse in one style and I switch it up to another style and I'll try to find which one like feels better. Yeah. I guess we always try and go for like that late nineties, early two thousands emo pop punk kind of genre. But um it always kind of gets tangled up. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like we're getting a lot better at like our sound. Like the monsters on the bed EP especially is a bit all over the place, but I feel like we're getting a lot better at like like you we've know, refined the yeah. sound. Like the songs now. are still different, but they kind of flow together a lot better. It's more cohesive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I heard that on your last EP. Like it, yeah. it sounds very, it sounds like something that you've created. And I always see that, particularly in the pop punk genre, like, because obviously it stems from a very particular part of the world in California and America. And I always find it funny where some guy's like, oh yeah, mate, I'm in a pop punk band. And then he gets up and singing and immediately he's like, where are you? <laughs> this comes on this, this ultra fake American accent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you worry about authenticity sometimes, especially in pop punk? Like, like I said, like people whacking on a fake accent. Do you ever try and worry about being Lucky, your authentic? We, we had a bit of trouble with this recording vocals the other day because yeah. Lucky was putting on like an American accent. <laughs> I don't put on an American accent. I don't know what it is. I just sing an American accent. <laughs> um, and then some of my Australian accents started coming out with words like toast and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but we really liked it in the end um but yeah i worry about coming across as phony all the time or i don't like, worry about it but right alone <laughs> and i'm just like oh that's super cringe but yeah I've, I've never thought we've ever tried to be anything yeah. yeah like we've never tried to go for a certain sound we just like come up with something like, oh that's cool yeah i feel like you can't be too conscious about what you write yeah and definitely feel like honesty comes across yeah more than anything with people like when I'm listening to something and I can I relate to something that someone's written, it's because I'd, I've either looked into that artist's life a little bit and I know that like they're telling the truth or like they're really feeling what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so hard, especially as a singer. I, f- I fall into the same trap, but we, our original roots were in British music. Mm-hmm. And when I was starting out, like the band, I was thinking about, you know, am I interesting enough? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'm just some guy from Brisbane. No one even knows yeah. where that is overseas. Like, should I? Yeah, like if if I get a if I get an interview, should I like flip a table over and call someone a geezer and all that type of yeah. stuff? <laughs> just do you really- ever worry about like do I am I interesting enough? 
but yeah, Australia yeah. always worries about that compared to our big brothers in the UK and America. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's why I always like reading uninteresting biographies. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, this person's like, did really well and his life was boring as. Yeah. It's like, just like mine. <laughs> yeah, I find that it's the more I try to sing in my own voice and the more that I probably wrote more about day-to-day stuff that's when someone would be like hey i like that compared to when i was trying to do something else did you find that too yeah totally i feel like lately i've had a lot more compliments on like lyrics than in the past like in the past it'd be like oh you guys have a lot of energy (laughs) and and now it's like you guys are so tired i love your lyrics vocals are sick like it's genuine compliments instead of just like that like scraping nice the barrel, like, yeah <laughs> good job <laughs> yeah. i like I the beat so with your with your genre of music it's always tied to live shows so much uh do you prefer playing live or going in the studio live live, live. yeah live. live the studio makes me want to kill myself yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, live, live any day. Live recording in the studio, that's even like nearly as fun. But yeah, live. <laughs> when you did your recordings, did you do it kind of live or did you do Only a master family track and reunion and skin we've recorded live? Yeah, so just those two songs, Family Reunion and Skin on Quick Break of the Beach, we recorded live at Red, Red Star Studios. Yeah. Yeah, that was super fun. There was a lot of technical difficulties. I'm amazed we did it so well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember when we went into the studio, my my bassist has some sound engineering backgrounds. So we've basically got an in-house dude that can help us with that type of stuff. And we were trying to nail, I'd done my stuff in like two takes. My guitarist came in, did his stuff in like two takes. And then there's this really tricky bit in the end of our song with the drums yeah. And I sat there like supporting the band, you know, being a good guy for <laughs> 10, 15, 20 minutes. And then I just looked over at the guitarist. I'm like, do you want to go get a coffee? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And we were gone for like 30, 45 minutes. And then we came back and they still hadn't got it. <laughs> <laughs> my drummer was just kind of like had this blank face at the drum kit, just like, and then my, <laughs> my bassist was at the computer just like this. <laughs> just, just walked into just a quiet room i'm like what has happened here did you ever have any teething pains when it came to recording oh, i totally empathize with your drummer that happened to us with one of our songs hey yeah, yeah dude that boy. yeah 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 except max was just telling me i couldn't do it yeah. he wasn't supportive like you were we have different tactics with Corey. oh we weren't supportive he's not our drummer anymore oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, watch out, I, mean, I get everything on the first go. <laughs> so when it comes to playing live, how do you get that energy up? Like, is it just natural, or do you have any like pre-show rituals that you do? I I honestly could not do the things I do on stage normally. I feel like mm. it's the adrenaline. Like yeah. I didn't even go to gym. I yeah. can't even run. Last time I ran, I vomited. <laughs> if if Lockie and I need to get pumped up, we just like shake each other and like wrestle a little bit. Yeah, we imitate like this thing from Rocky Balboa and <laughs> sing the theme tune and just like shadow box each other in the push-ups. 
<laughs> we did it on up stage, uh, on top of the stage at the Flaming Galah once, and Max was like, "Gosh, shut the fuck up! People are down there playing." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really I love asking that question. You get to see the psyche of your band members because if I want to pump myself up, I need to get into like a quiet room and just keep to myself, and just it all happens internally. Whereas my drummer and probably my guitarist, they to do mud wrestling or something like that (laughs) pick themselves up you get that you see the different personalities of the band does your band have different personalities i always get the if we were the beatles which one would we be and everyone was like you're john straight away everyone's like you're the dickhead of the band (laughs) i'm thinking about max and lucky i'm like it's like they're lennon and mccartney except they're both lennon without their musical talent (laughs) Hey, we don't hit women. <laughs> how does how does the the different players of the band mesh together? Do you even each other out? Uh, yeah, it's good because like me and Corey connect, and like without Lockie, but then like <laughs> Lockie and Corey connect without me, and then me and Lockie connect without Corey. So it's like we all can mesh together, like you know, like really not as well. a whole unit. Yeah, but then like when we come together, well, it's all really good. Yeah, yeah, it works yeah. out. Yeah, 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 like we love having bits where like one pl- person just stops for a little bit and like two other yeah. people just sort of jam for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, like I feel like, you know, we can work well as like a rhythm section <laughs> really well. You guys, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a trio, the rhythm section is just everyone but lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, as a rhythm section, we've come up with a decision. So. Yeah. <laughs> go away, Lucky. The grown-ups need to yeah. <laughs> So where can people go to keep track of what you guys are doing? What's the big things coming up in the future? Uh, we're pretty lazy, but probably Instagram mostly. Yeah. And Facebook. Facebook's, Facebook's not what it used to be. <laughs> right, no, I'd say really. Instagram. Facebook, yeah. we have a lot of events on, but we definitely advertise for them a lot more on Instagram. Yeah. People yeah. seem to see it more on Instagram. So we mostly definitely. just push it on Instagram. Yeah, definitely. So what's the big thing that people should keep an eye out for? Is it a big uh, gig or a Mammoth big release? On the 27th yeah. of June. 27th of June, we've got a show at Woolly Mammoth with St. Skirts. Lifespan and Wreckage. Wreckage. It's going to be good. Yeah. Tickets are 15 bucks. 18. Eight, 18. <laughs> that was pre-sale. Uh-oh. Pre-sale's gone. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> so, yeah. Come come to the Woolly Mammoth main stage. We'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fantastic. We're going to play one of your songs now. And if you like what you hear, uh, keep in track with Monsters Up North. Listen to them on Spotify. Uh, follow all their social medias. And if you're in the Brisbane area, check them out on the 27th of June at the Woolly Now. Thanks so much, guys, for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. Have a good night.